WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Hello, everybody. This is WVUA 90.7 FM, the Capstone, and welcome to episode number 51 of the Full Court Press Podcast. My name is Jamie Martinez, and I'm joined by Alex Chasen and Nick Atkinson. To stay up to date, make sure to follow us on Instagram at fcppodcast underscore UA. With that being said, let's get into it. NBA basketball is officially back. Maybe not the regular season, but the preseason has been birthed. The preseason has arrived, starting off with the Timberwolves versus the Mavericks. In Abu Dhabi, they played two games with the Timberwolves winning both quickly some takes on the first actions within preseason. I mean, we've seen the Lakers, the Warriors. We've seen pretty much, I'd say, all 30 teams at this point between the last couple of days. I'd say all 30 teams have played at least one preseason game, some two. No one's hit three yet, but some have played two, but at least one. What are some takes? Whatever you're thinking, guys, what's some takes on preseason so far? I'm really liking how the Minnesota Timberwolves are looking so far. I think they had some good showings in the preseason against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Anthony Edwards only played in the second game, but he showed out. Carl Anthony Towns had a very good stretch with both games. He had 20 in the first and I believe 15 in the second. So I'm really liking how they're all meshing together. Rudy Gobert and Carl Towns look like they're playing off each other extremely well. So I can't lie, the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they could stay healthy, they can be very dangerous out in the West because health was their biggest concern last year. I think they can get it done this year. Uh, and also not having like a playmaker until Mike mm-hmm. Conley and then by then, you know, yeah, there's no D-Lo chemistry was to be formed, you know, all that type of stuff. But um, as far as the Lakers go, I think that the signings that they, like, they had this offseason proved to be really good besides Cam Reddish. Uh, he was looking, like, really unconfident. He yeah, shot a I mean, lot. Just, they played only two games. I mean, it's just pretty Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was, like, like, if you – if you go back and like watch a little bit of the game, like he was very he was, off the mark. He was just forcing shots, forcing passes. He was playing really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, he got hurt too. Yeah. And then as far as the Warriors go, I thought that the the fit was a little weird, but you know Chris Paul ended up playing actually pretty good. Um, and that's a lot for Nick to mm-hmm. say. Yeah. He's uh, not a big Chris Paul lover. And then as far as the Clippers go, uh, they lost against Utah, I think. Pretty, it was a pretty decent loss. That like, was in you, Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Shout out to our guy Carlo for being the new. Congratulations to our guy Carlo for now being the new play-by-play voice for the Los Angeles Clippers. Congrats to him. Um, and Russell Westbrook did not play. He's sp- supposed to play the game that they, I think they're playing tonight. I think it's in Los Angeles though. Um, so we'll see how that all looks. But everything, everybody else is looking good and healthy. Paul George and Kawhi looked really healthy, and Paul George especially had a couple of tough, tough shots <clears throat> that he made. So, what about the game? of preseason so far. I sent it to Jamie this morning. Mm-hmm. Victor Webinyama versus Chet Holmgren. I have it down right here. And it did live up to some hype. I didn't watch any of it live. I was probably asleep by that point, but I did watch a lot of the highlights this morning. And Victor Webinyama, again, one preseason game. He played, what, two or three uh, summer league games. But still, Victor Webinyama last night showed that if he can stay healthy and his fragile body, not fragile, he's not injury prone, but his you know lanky body doesn't become fragile, I should say, he looks scary. Very. I mean, he had 20 points last night alongside five rebounds uh, in only 19 minutes of play. Mm-hmm. So he outscored 
his points with his minutes. So that, that's a, that's incredible. Um, I know Webin Yama got a lot of the hype because he was a force defensively. Uh, he had some very nice highlights. He had a, a nice deep shot that he hit. But I don't think Chet Homer is really getting the recognition he deserves. Uh, 21 points, 9 boards Him too, yep. in 16 minutes of play. So, I mean, they had themselves a battle. It was very fun to watch. Two real skinny big men just yeah, going like at it. Yeah, they're like 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. But it was real fun to watch. And while Webanyama was in, the Spurs were ahead for most of the game. But the Thunder did come back, rally, and win the game 122-121 to over the San Antonio Spurs. Without SGA. Without SGA, so it was a very fun game to watch. Shout out Zach Collins, he balled out too. So, yeah, yeah, very very fun game to watch, and I'm very excited for the future of both these teams. Did you see Victor Wembanyama's headbutt to Chet? Yeah, he he tweeted about it too. That a lot. That was a very interesting move Mm -hmm. there. But yeah, preseason's just getting rolling again. Just two games, just one for some teams. We'll talk about it more as the weeks go on before the season starts. But let's jump into something that wasn't even in our notes for until like you know 10 minutes before we got on because. It just came out. The general managers, all 30 GMs, had an anonymous poll for a bunch of questions, 50 questions. We're not going to do that. That's not what today's about. Today's about talking about our award predictions for this season. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. But I just want to go through a few of these and get your guys' take on it. Again, this was to all 30 general managers. They all voted. First question was, which team will be the 2024 will win, excuse me, the 2024 NBA Finals. There's a tie for first between the Boston Celtics and then the, and the Denver Nuggets, with both getting 33% of the vote. Third place is the Milwaukee Bucks with 23% of the vote. The Phoenix Suns in fourth place with only 7% of the vote. And Nick, you'll like this one. Fifth place, the Clippers sit at with 3% of the vote. Last year, the Milwaukee Bucks had 43% of the vote. So it's a lot more disparity this year. What's your take on that? I mean... Yeah, I, I think it's pretty correct. You have to have the defending champs in there. I think the Boston Celtics got much, much better. I thought their percentage could have been higher uh, with all the acquisitions they made and how they played in the preseason. Porzingis looks dominant. Um, and then I think it's really cool to show the Clippers some love. I'll let Nick get into that. But uh, that's really cool seeing them get some love. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that as far as like how they spaced it out was pretty good. You know, you have your the two best teams in the NBA by far, I'd say, the Nuggets and the Celtics. Then behind them, you've got like the Tier 2 with um, Milwaukee and Phoenix. And then behind them, you've got like the Tier 3 with the Clippers. And I guess you could probably put like the Lakers and maybe Miami in that realm of like Tier 3. But, um, yeah, as far as the Clippers go, I was really surprised to see them there. But, um I feel like if they were to make the Harden trade, the percentage would go down a little bit. I don't think they'd be worse, but I think the overall perception would, would be that they would be a worse team. Now, another question was, well, who will win the MVP this year? We're not going to discuss that because we're going to discuss that on our own, and that's just like everyone talks about that. Let's talk about some things that are just kind of interesting questions to ask general managers. One of them was, if you were if you were starting a franchise today and you could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? The first overall with 33% of the vote was Nikola Jokic. Second, now this one's very interesting, Victor Webanyama hasn't even wow. played a second in a real NBA game at 23% of the vote. Giannis at third at three with 13% of the vote. Luka in fourth with 10% of the vote. Anthony Edwards at fifth with 7% of the vote. I am shocked Jason Tatum yeah, me did not make the top five. Mm-hmm. I am shocked. Who else? I mean, uh, SGA did not make the top five. They're kind of going for young guys, so I mean, Nikola Jokic is not that young. Giannis yeah, is not that young. Thirty years old, yeah. But Victor Wembanyama being two, yeah, that just shows how how much hype there is, not just from fans, 
for people like Jamie, GMs, yeah. the GMs, 23% of general managers believe Victor Webinyama would be a great face of the franchise right now. That'd be awesome. That is very interesting. Another question was, which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? You guys have any guesses who number one was? Gerard. I don't know who the guesses should be, but in my opinion, I think that a, uh, a player that would make a coach change the most adjustments would probably be Jokic, just based off of his Jokic passing. is two, with 33% of the vote. A player won. has 40% of the vote. Nope, Giannis wow. is third Luka. at 13%. Nope. Luka, Luka is four at 10%. Women is one. Nope. Tatum? Nope. JB? Nope. Embiid? Nope. Steph Curry has 40% of general managers, so almost around 12 or 13 general managers, because that's almost 50%, believe Stephen Curry makes coaches make does, the most sure. adjustments in the NBA. We'll do one or two more. Let's do, who is the best, oh, no, that's not a good one. Mm. Okay, who is the best small forward in the NBA? Who do you think general managers He had 40% of the vote, 40% of the vote, almost 50% of general managers. Yeah, I, I saw this, and this specific one, and I was surprised too, it was at three. It's Tatum at one with 47%. That is weird to see who's at three. Yeah. Kevin Durant at two with 20%. You know, you know who's at three, Nick? Just for a guess. Jimmy Butler. Nope. McCall Bridges. Nope. He's not even a small forward. That's why it's weird. Luka. Yep. Yeah, Luka's crazy. better than KD, so I don't know. But it's just weird. I think he's a point guard, which is why it's weird to see him he there. He should be a point guard. Yeah. All right, we'll do one last one. One last one. Off-season moves. Which team made the best overall moves this off-season? L.A. There's a tie for first between two teams. It'll be Boston, uh, Milwaukee. Yep, Boston, Milwaukee. Wow. Where's Port- the Lakers? Lakers are fourth with 13% of the vote. Third place is the Trailblazers with 17%. And then tied for fifth, any guesses? Clippers and Nuggets. Nope. Sacramento. Nope. Uh, um, it's two teams that Houston. are kind of random. Oh, Houston. Houston's one. And then Dallas. Dallas. Oh, what? <laughs> I was going to say, and then the other one. They uh, didn't make any moves. Grant Williams. They kept Kyrie. Great. Grant, Grant Williams, Williams the signing of the century. Awesome. I think that their two draft picks and Lively and. They're start- going to be starting a 20-year-old. I know. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. But that, I just wanted to go through a few of those. Maybe next week we can go through a few more if it's even relevant at that point. But now let's get into our main topic for today, our predictions for who's going to win each award by the end of the season. So we're kind of projecting very far into the future. We might come back and upgrade this as the season goes on, but we'll start off with Clutch Player of the Year. We kind of go from not irrelevant, but, you know, least relevant all the way up to MVP, so MVP will be last. We'll start off with Clutch Player of the Year. Last year was Jamie's very own De'Aaron Fox. Oh, yeah. This year... Who are some of your honorable mentions, and then we'll go into our top three. All right, my two honorable mentions are SGA and De'Aaron Fox. All right, my honorable mention, I just have Damn, one. Damn, we're just going to change the order after, like, 51 episodes? That's fine, go ahead. That's okay. All right, my honorable mention. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that's okay, that. That's okay, man. It's okay, I'll go last. My honorable mention was Luka Doncic. Okay, my honorable mention is Devin Booker. And now we'll just keep going in a circle. Who is your number three and why? It's Russell Westbrook. Uh, just because he, I mean, especially last season, whenever he was on the Clippers, he hit a lot of clutch shots. I think that this season will be really big for him. He'll be able to get back into, like, a role he had in Washington. Maybe average, you know, like 18, 10, and 10, something like that. But um, <clears throat> I think that they'll look to go to him a lot in the clutch, especially with Kawhi missing a lot of time. Paul George is kind of questionable in the clutch, but Russell Westbrook is – statistically one of the best players in the clutch of all time so 
He's always going to go Jamie. We'll, we'll keep We're, it. Are we going to stay with this order? For today, we'll keep it. Wow. Or until is, I get uncomfortable. This is a little crazy. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little freaking out. But my number three might come to a surprise, and it's DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I'm not sure how much the Bulls are going to stay in games, but when they do stay in games, DeMar DeRozan is easily their guy to go to. In 2021, we saw it with that long streak of buzzer beaters he had. I'm pretty sure it was like two or three straight games. He hit game-winning buzzer beaters. And I think DeMar DeRozan is like an extreme sleeper on a clutch player of the year. He is always there in the clutch, always hitting tough shots. He's a mid-range god, so I really like DeMar DeRozan as my clutch player of the year. Number three. I like your reasoning behind that. That's like the same thought process I had for picking my top three. Just players that are great, but they're going to be in a lot of close games. Mm -hmm. So my number three is Donovan Mitchell. When you think of some clutch shots, Donovan Mitchell is where I go in my mind. Always in close games. Not because he's on a bad team, just as, you know, kind of how it is, but he's the one taking that last shot all the time, no doubt. It's not going to be Darius Garland. It's going to be Donovan Mitchell, so i got to put him at three. Well, <clears throat> I have Donovan Mitchell at two, just for the same exact reasons. You know, he is a very clutch player, um, especially in, like, the bubble. That was, like, the last time that we really saw him be, like, extremely clutch, and he was really clutch then, so I think he'll be able to carry that over, especially with two years with this team now, so. Oh, yeah, this is a little weird. I'm number two now. So uh, my number two is the reigning uh, clutch player of the year, and that's De'Aaron Fox. I mean, he showed why he was the clutch player of the year last year. I, I mean, the, the reasoning is extremely simple. I think he keeps it going. He's one of the best mid-range shooters in the league, extremely effective around the basket, and his three-point shot is very much improved. He's clearly the guy they go to in the clutch. I know Kevin Herter's a solid option, and so is Keegan Murray, but you're not taking the ball away from De'Aaron Fox when there's under a minute left. There's no shot. Uh, but I think my number one just edges him out for a few reasons. I'll get to that in a sec. But De'Aaron Fox, that's my guy. Wouldn't be surprised if he wins it again, though. At two, I also have De'Aaron Fox, and I completely agree with what Jamie just said. He won it last year, so obviously he can win it again. And they're in a lot of close games. I don't think that's going to change this year. Not Again, not because they're bad, just because they don't have the best defense. They really don't. They have a fantastic offense, but they let up 140 points, but they score 142, mm -hmm. and De'Aaron Fox didn't get that 142nd point right there. Yeah, okay, so at one, I have Luka, um, you know, for just every reason possible. You know, he, he always – has been like a clutch player even in his first year in the NBA. He was just one of the uh, most clutch players of all time in his rookie season. So um, I think he'll be able to continue to carry that out, you know, as his career goes on. And I think that they'll be a pretty, you know, average team this season, like a 41 and 41 type of team. So I think they'll be in a lot of situations where he has to do that. So. Yeah, I agree, but uh, my comeback, not comeback player, their clutch player of the year is going to be Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who finished second for the award last year. I think he goes out and gets number one this year, only because they're going to be in a lot of close games, and because that because their team improved, they're not going to be getting blown out as much. They're going to be you know, staying close with the really good teams, and SGA is going to get more clutch opportunities. He showed why he could do it last year. He averaged, what, 32 a game, 30, 32, something yeah, crazy something like, like that. that. Um, and I think he's going to keep it going, so... Uh, he's one of the best point guards in the league, no doubt about it, and he's as clutch as it gets in the NBA. I wish I just had my second spot back because you took everything out of my <laughs> mouth. I now you know how I feel. Yeah, right? I completely agreed for everything Jamie just said. I'll just add on to it by saying they're going to be a way better team. I think they're going to be upwards of around 45, 48 wins like the Kings did last year. They're going to be that improved team this year, and it's going to be with SGA, and he's going to be the one taking that last second shot or that last minute shot to give him the lead give him an edge so i gotta put sga at one and now we'll transfer over into coach of the year this is where things might become a little bit interesting because i don't even know where any of your guys heads are on this last year was again 
two in a row, Jamie's very own, Mike Brown oh, yeah. of the Kings. This year, who's it going to be, Nick? With your honorable mention. Okay, first. my two honorable mentions are Ty Lue and Nick Nurse. So uh, let's get the order back to normal, though. It's kind of okay. okay. Yeah. My honorable mention, sorry, Jamie, Chauncey Billups of the Blazers. And oh, I know we, before we show, we said we're not going to give reasons, but I do want to give a reason for this. Because originally I was going to put him at three, but I was like... I can't do that right now. Maybe as the year goes on, because I hated everything the Blazers did in the first trade, but then the second trade, getting Rob, getting Malcolm, getting some good picks, getting a lot more value back with them. I think if Scoot can be a great player, we'll talk about him later, most likely, but I think that this team can be enough to be around a 500 team. And if so, in my eyes, that's, or a little bit above a 500 team, if it all works out. And then if that happens, I mean, you go from worst to everyone's eyes to a pretty darn good team. I think Chauncey Billups might be. That's why I have him as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. All right, my honorable mentions are Tyron Liu of the L.A. Clippers and Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings. No reasoning. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. So. Cool. Three, I have Joe Mazzulla. Um, They're going to be the best team in the league this year, like record-wise by far. So, I mean, you know, of course they're going to – he'll be in the race for it, you know. At three, I have Taylor Jenkins of the Grizzlies. I, I know I had him in my top three last year. He didn't. He was. I don't even think he was in the top three last year. But John jo Morant's going to be out a quarter of the season, a little bit, a little bit less, because obviously there's only 82 games versus 100 games. But he's going to be out for 25 games, and I believe they're still going to be a very big powerhouse out west. And then when Jaw comes back, they're only going to get even better. And I think that's going to prove enough to voters that Taylor Jenkins is worthy of a coach of the year vote. Maybe not win it, that's why I have met three, but definitely in the top three candidates. All right, my number three, I have Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, a guy who can obviously win coach of the year uh, in any capacity. He's coming off of a championship. And I have met three because the other two guys made some big moves in the off season. Get into that in a minute. But I think if Mike Malone can continue as a one seed in the Western Conference, even after losing Bruce Brown, and say Christian Braun takes a big leap, stays as the one seed, I think he can win Coach of the Year. But I mean, after this offseason, the two guys I have ahead of him just, I think, have a slight edge on him. But I love Mike Malone. Uh, condolences to him. His father just passed away today. I saw so, that. Uh, you know, Mike Malone, feeling for you, but one of the best coaches in the NBA. In the NBA. Number two, I have Ime Adoka. Um, Interesting. You know, I like that. They're gonna. They might not be that good of a team. So that's the only thing that's kind of making me be like, no, not one, but like he might get one singular vote. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because he's gonna make this team really good. So you think he can make the top three? Yeah, I think he could if they improve from having 16 wins. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that he can help develop the, like develop the younger guys like um, Jalen Green. Alperson Goo and all them. I think that they'll benefit having a coach like that that's already been to the finals within his first three years in the league. So. <clears throat> At number two for me, that's where I have my guy, Joe Mazzula. Celtics are going to be one of the best teams in the league. I can't go out and say I think they're going to have the best record right now. i got to see how it all works out on the court first because one preseason game they played together and Drew Holiday didn't even start just because he just got there. So i got to see it all play out before I can be like, oh, clear in a way, best team in the league. But definitely he'll be up there. He was, he was, in the, he was third last year in voting. He could move up to two this year, if not win it. Definitely going to be in the top three. I think he proved this offseason coming into the year in some press conferences I've listened to, J.J. Reddick's podcast, Old Man the Three. He seems a lot wiser, and he's learned a lot of lessons within the last year. I remember I heard a story on the Old Man the Three podcast Joe Mazzulli did last week saying when he was just like an assistant coach, he literally took the service elevator because he didn't want to see any anyone. He just went to the practice, 
work with the players he needed to work with, didn't work with anyone else, and then took the service ele elevator back to his car, didn't talk to anyone. Now he's the face of the franchise as the coach. He can't do that. He has to become a true human and create connections, and he seems like he's been doing that amazingly for that reason, and then also the reason of going to be on one of the best teams in the NBA, he's got to be in my top three. All right, my number two is uh, Coach Bud, Mike Budenholzer of mm. the Milwaukee Bucks. I think uh, after the acquisition of Damian Lillard, I think there's a lot that he can do. He ain't the coach no more, Jamie. Is he not? No, no what it's am I talking Adrian Griffin. Adrian That's who Griffin. it is, duh. I don't know why I have Bud then. But I think it will be Adrian Griffin nonetheless. I think uh, he's going to find whoa, a way whoa, to whoa, utilize. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So it doesn't matter who the coach is, it's just going to be the coach of the Bucks. Yes. Because I think whoever it is is going to find a way to utilize Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo to their full capacities. I, I think he has a way better chance of winning it in, as Adrian Griffin than if it was Budenholzer. Yeah. Budenholzer. Now that I think about it, I have, I have an even better uh, reasoning to do it because he's a first-year coach now. Uh, and I think, like Mike uh, – sorry, I can't even think right now. Like Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings being a first-year coach of that team, I think Adrian Griffin can do the same thing, kind of elevate the team into another level after acquiring Damian Lillard. Uh, and, you know, they're going to take a hit on defense, obviously, losing Drew Holiday, but I think offensively they're going to be much better due to Adrian Griffin. He's going to drop some crazy plays, and I think the Bucks secure the number two spot in the East, except he won't win Coach of the Year because I have a number one guy ahead of him. Okay. Uh, number one, I, this is where I have Mike Malone. Um, I mean, he's a big part as to why they won the championship. He's one of the best offensive coaches in the league. He coached LeBron. He's coached a lot of guys, so he knows how to, you know, work – work different schemes out to guard different guys and I just think that you know they'll continue to be the best team in the Western Conference for the next couple of years and it'll be a big reason because of him so at number one I have Mark Diagno Massachusetts very own the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder because no they won't have the best record in the NBA but the same thing I said about SGA they're going to be improved they should be at least very much improved being from a right under 500 team to I think a bit above a 500 team this year and let's just say they're like the fifth or fourth seed in the Western Conference. Ooh, I don't know about that. That is enough to be coach of the year. Even if I think if they're just outside of the play-in, that is enough to be coach of the year. And everything he's done with what he has, a lot of young stars, and obviously a superstar in SGA, someone who could be an MVP candidate. <clears throat> but I think he can do enough to be coach of the year if everything goes right and they win like you know 46 to 48 games. A lot again, just like what Mike Brown did last year with the Kings. Very much a same type of thing. All right, my coach of the year for this NBA season, I'm feeling Joe Mazzulla of the Boston Celtics. Mm. I think he was vastly outcoached last year in multiple games, especially when looking at the Heat series. Coach Spo kind of outcoached him in many situations, and that's why the Heat came away with the win. But Joe Mazzulla was kind of thrown into the fire as a first-year head coach after, you know, everything happened with Ime Udoka. I think he's going to take this offseason to really, you know, get with the guys, come up with some really good plays, build, build team chemistry to the max, and I think he can take them to being the best team in the NBA and possibly one of the best teams in the history of the NBA, depending on how good their record is. So I think Missoula, I think he's going to gain experience from last year's playoffs. I think he's going to have some fire under him. I think he wins Coach of the Year. Most improved. That's what we're moving on to now. Last year it was Laurie Markkinen. I had him in my top three. I remember that. I was very hype on Laurie. First time All-Star season last year for him as well. Nick. What is an honorable mention for you for this year's MIP? I have Josh Giddey and Bain. Desmond Bain. Okay. Desmond Bain, that's interesting. I also have Desmond Bain because I think he's going to flourish in John Morant's absence. He was going to flourish regardless. He averaged like 22 last year. He could average like 20. damn near 28 this year. Josh Giddey is a good one. I might also have to throw him in there. I didn't. I just have Desmond Bain. But I think I'm going to add to Nick and also put Josh Giddey there as well. 
All right, my honorable mention is Jalen Green of the Houston Rockets. I really hope he takes an efficiency boost because I said he would last year. He didn't. Hey, he said he was going to be an all-star. Yeah, I'm hoping for it this year, Jalen Green. That, and you put that in the airwaves. Yep, I thought he was going to be a top-five shooting guard. He was not, so I'm putting it in the air this year, Jalen Green. You better do it. It's because he's from Fresno State, so you have to show He did not go to Fresno he's State. From Fresno. He's from Fresno. So he is from Fresno. It's because you like to show I got to show love to Fresno. That's why I love Paul George, too. That's why I have him as my MVP. <laughs> I, would, I would really like that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so number three, I have Tyrese Maxey. I think with all the, the Harden stuff that's going on, if Harden does get traded, he's going to have to take on a big role, start being the main playmaker. You know, average like probably like 23 and 8, something like that. But I think that he could potentially be an all-star just depending on how good they are and what they get back for Harden, which looks like Terrence Mann and two first-round picks. Harden's been looking real happy at practice, though, for whatever reason. Yeah. Which is really confusing. He, he is not an issue with the players. It's an issue with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, I know, but he's still tr- he said he said he was trying to make it awkward with the team. He must have some good food catering. Yeah, the, he'll be off the team in a week. It'll be all right. Oh, so we'll see what happens there. My number three is Anthony Edwards. I'm <laughs> assuming that's Nick's one, and I'm assuming that's probably Jamie's one. No? You, were, you said he's going to be the MVP. How is he not your most improved he's player? Not, yeah, he's on a different award, not, not MIP. <laughs> but how can – got to win MIP before MVP. Uh, maybe he'll win both. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. But he's third for me. I think he's going to have a much improved season, not as much as maybe Nick thinks, but I think he'll take a step up. He averaged around 24 points per game last year, and I think if Cat and Rudy can actually mesh well, along with Anthony Edwards as well, he can step it up to around – 28 points per game and in my eyes that's not enough for an MVP vote but that's enough for an MIP vote for now all right my third and most improved uh gotta show love to my boy I said the same thing about Jalen Green last year I'm not gonna say he's a top five shooting guard because he probably won't be but I could see a big jump from Shaden Sharp this year he was a rookie mm-hmm. last year and I think the Portland Trailblazers improved in every facet of the game uh, they got rid of Damian Lillard replaced him with Scoot Henderson who is a much better playmaker in my eyes you get DeAndre Ayton and you get Robert Williams which are much better down low you have the great small forward in Jeremy Grant and I think Shaden Sharp's gonna be able to play off of that extremely well as that shooting guard he's got the hops to do it that 50 inch vertical he's a phenomenal score I can see him making a big jump he was just a rookie last year I think he'll get some more minutes I could see him scoring 16 17 18 points a game I bench. think he's got I think he'll start yeah he, I think he'll he's start not gonna start over Anthony Simmons I think he can I like him sorry Simons. yeah because Simons is more of a point guard yeah he's shorter he's like 6'2 but they're paying him too much to come off because I mean you gotta remember they gave him a lot of money He's not coming off the bench. I think they'll start all three of them and then trade Jeremy Grant. That they can't definitely do that. Yes, they gotta, that's going to yeah. take a while. Though. But, yeah, I think Shaden Sharp, even if it is just in the second half of the season, I think he could big, take a big jump, even if he is off the bench. He could be that primary guy. So I really like Shaden Sharp. I like year. it. I just, I, I do like it. I just don't think he's going to play enough to get that. That's why I uh, – It's That's why it's my risky pick. I only have him at three. It's a good one, so. though. Number two, I have Scotty Barnes. You know, Fred Van Vliet's gone, so a lot more shots are going to be there, especially with Dennis Schroeder. He's a way better playmaker, way better defender, better at everything than Fred Van Vliet is, in my opinion. Um, so I think that the team's going to be way more organized. You know, they have a new coach. I think that Scotty Barnes is going to have a way bigger role and potentially be the best player on the team. So Now, it's rare for a sophomore NBA player to win Rookie of the Year. But I think Jabari Smith Jr. has a possibility because he had an extremely underwhelming rookie year last year. We all said it. We all thought it. Very disappointing for someone who we mm-hmm. thought could average around 18 points per game his rookie year. He only averaged around, I think, like 13, if that. Terrible shooting percentages. But in summer league this year, he made NBA players, granted rookies or G-leaguers, 
look like little boys. Yeah. He destroyed the summer league to the point where they actually sit him at one point, sat him at one point, and said, "You did well enough. We don't need to play anymore." After like a few games, if he can do that coming into this year, with now a true point guard and Fred VanVleet, all the other pieces around him work well. He, I think he could take a step up from 13 points per game up to 19, 20 points per game. Grab eight rebounds, you know, a few assists. His efficiency goes way up. In my eyes, again, I know it's rare for a sophomore player to get MIP because you're supposed to improve after your rookie year. So I don't think he'll get it. That's why I have met two. But I do think he'll take a major leap up this year based off what I saw in Summer League, his efficiency, his scoring, way more confident. But now he's got to do it in the real game. All right, my number two, it's going to be Anthony Edwards. I originally thought maybe I could go Jaden Ivey here. I think he can make a big jump and become more, if, more efficient playing off Cade Cunningham. Um, but I'm going to pivot towards Anthony Edwards because he has that MVP candidate potential. He, I mean, he showed it in that second game of the preseason. He can do it all. He's extremely shifty. He has the post game. He has the three-point shot. And he can dunk on anybody he wants to. I could see him getting up to 28, 30 points a game. Uh, he has the potential. He has all of the ability in the world. He was the best player on Team USA. He had a heck of an offseason. And I think if the Timberwolves can start racking up some wins, Anthony Edwards, there's no doubt in my mind, can be not just your most improved player, but even an MVP. I just, I'm just not there yet for the MVP. I, I just got to see it. Mm-hmm. I know I you guys are big high, on, very high on him, but I just I got to see it. Number one, this is where I have Jalen Green. Um, mm, I think I that it. he'll be pretty good next season. Um, I think that he'll take a big jump. You know, just having a, a real coach in there, having Fred VanVleet instead of KPJ, Josh Christopher, a lot of distractions that they had in that locker room last season. So I think that the whole team itself is going to flow a lot better and just be a way better team. So. Unless Jamie has him at number one, I am the only person with Jordan Poole on my list. I also have Jordan Poole on. Okay, good, you good, good. Go ahead, then. All right. Yeah. I think undoubtedly his scoring ability has proved it is there with the rest of them. And mm-hmm. now he is the – Kyle Kuzma is not the number one option. He's a great two. But Jordan Poole is no question the number one option. And I think he's going to do exactly what Bradley Beal did when he became the number one option – his scoring went from, you know, low 20s up to like 30 points per game. When John Wall and that whole era died, it was Bradley Beal's team. He became a beast. That's exactly what I think is going to happen with Jordan Poole this year. Not only will be he will he be a first-time All-Star in my opinion, at least he should be. Watch him flop and I'm wrong, but I'm yeah. predicting I'm predicting a lot like you guys predicting Anthony Edwards to explode. I don't really see it. I think he'll be good, but I don't know. I'm predicting Jordan Poole and I have confidence in this one that he can become a first-time All-Star. Take his scoring from like low 20s up to high 20s with way better efficiency as he's the number one option and become most improved player. What about you, Jamie? I I have him for all of the exact same reasons. I think Jordan Poole could be a 27, 28 points a game scorer when he's in his own offense. I think he's going to really be able to play off of another scorer like Kyle Kuzma extremely well. I think they can really facilitate that offense. And speaking of facilitating the offense, I think Tyus Jones was a very good pickup. And I think with his playmaking, uh, I think it'll work out very well for Washington and Jordan Poole. So uh, there's just a lot of reasons for Jordan Poole to succeed. And I think it would really suck if he doesn't. because I really want him to prove Draymond Green wrong. So I'm rooting for you, Jordan Poole, most improved player. I mean, he already proved he can score at a high level. So I think now that he's, he has his own team, I think it's inevitable that it, it can happen. He's just got to stay consistent. I agree. Moving on to our sixth man of the year. Last year, it was the Celtics' Malcolm Brogdon. Not in the Celtics anymore. But who is your honorable mention at sixth man of the year? I have Rui Hachimura. Uh, okay. He played really good it's, it's against, against Denver last season. I think he'll take a big jump. Average like 12 points steal a block 
and be one of the best shooters, you know, off the bench in the league. So I have Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic. Not someone who really gets talked about a lot, but he averaged like 15 points per game last year. But they have so many point guards. They just added Ant Black, who I don't even know how many minutes he's going to get as a rookie. They have Markel Fultz starting. They also still have Jalen Suggs. Cole Anthony is going to come off the bench. And I think he can still average Because I think he was like third last year in six-man-of-the-year voting. I think he can do the exact same thing he's doing now and be an arm, you know, be close again. Or he can take a little bit of a step up and even reach my top three. I don't have him in my top three, but he's an honorable mention. I also like Cole Anthony, too, for okay. the exact same okay. reasons. Okay. He's a beast. So, okay. so moving on to three, I don't know what the Sacramento Kings are going to do as far as small forward goes. I don't know if they're going to try and play it small since they signed JaVale McGee. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, I have Harrison Barnes slash Malik Monk because I don't know which one of the two will come off the bench. I don't know if Keegan Murray will start. I don't know. I have the happen. answer, but I'll, I'll so, talk about uh, it later. But the two of them, though, I just I, I think that one of the two of them will be a, a really good candidate. So. If he was still on the Boston Celtics, I don't know if he would win back-to-back. But I have to put Malcolm Brogdon at three because now he's undoubtedly the sixth man of the Portland Trailblazers. He said he wanted to stay. We'll see if that holds true. But as of right now, you got Scoot, you got Anthony Simons, you got Shaden Sharp. Whatever order you want to do that, you guys can do whatever with that. But Malcolm Brogdon is that sixth man off the bench, 100%. And I think he's going to do the exact same thing he did in Boston this year if he stays with this team and be the leader of not only this team but the second unit. I think he can be in the running for sixth man again. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I almost put him on my honorable mentions, but uh, my number three, I'm going to go towards big guy Bobby Portis. Uh, he was a phenomenal six-man last year. He was also a candidate uh, finalist for the award, and he does it as a big man, which you don't really see a big man six-man of the year. Uh, you haven't really seen that since, like, Montrez Harrell. So I'm really liking what Bobby Portis does, and I think he's going to get more minutes uh, and some more opportunities with Damian Lillard on the offense now. So um, he, he's just the model of consistency. He was pretty unhe- unhealthy last Last year, but I think he'll just be fine this year. So, Bobby Portis can't really go wrong. He's a very good player. Okay, uh, number two, I have Nas Reed. Um, oh, okay. You know he'll be backing up a really weird duo um, over there in Minnesota, but I think that he could play a really big role. He was really good for them last season with Cat being out, and I think that he'll continue to do the same thing. And they'll be a really good team next year with him being the best backup big in the league. You know, alongside Bobby Portis. So, I have Bobby Portis at two. For the same reasons Jamie said, I just think it's a little bit more likely he'll win it just because, like Jamie said, he's the definition of, like, consistency. He's always there. He's always reliable. He's going to give you a 14 and 10 every single night. He does everything He does everything, and he works so well. He could start, but they have Brooke Lopez. He could start, but they have Giannis, so he doesn't start. He would probably start on... 15 teams. I was going to even say 20 of 30, mm-hmm. 30 yeah. teams. I mean, he, he's that good, but he's coming off the bench for Milwaukee. Obviously, Milwaukee's bench took a major hit this offseason, but he's still got Bobby Portis, and that's great. All right, my number two, I'm going to go with Emmanuel quickly. Uh, he was a finalist last year again. He just came in second place right behind Malcolm Brogdon. He was a great, great scorer for the New York Knicks, and I think he's going to do it again. The Knicks, I mean, they look just fine with Jalen Brunson and, you know, keeping that same core together, and I think Emmanuel quickly is going to play a big part in that. Um, they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to win a lot of games, and that's going to be because of Emmanuel quickly off the bench. He's a great scorer. He can get inside. He can manipulate your defense. He can facilitate. He can shoot. He does it all. He's just a phenomenal player. Uh, really liked him coming out of the draft, and he's he's panning out very well. So I'm going to go with Emmanuel quickly as my number two for six man of the year. <clears throat> number one, I have Jordan Clarkson. Um, you know, he's always in this race, and it just 
<clears throat> it really depends on how good Utah is this season. If they're like a playing team, I think they, there's a lot of potential he could win it. You know, um, they don't really have a, a point guard. They have talent for it and Tucker, uh, unless they sign. Oh, Colin Sexton. Um, but still, he'll come off the bench and he'll be really good. You know, he's the best bench player in the league probably. So. I got Emmanuel quickly at one. He could have won it last year, but Malcolm Brogdon just edged him out. They even averaged around the same amount of points. Quickly averaged 15 points per game last year. Now, I could see that taking a little bit of a decline with DiVincenzo now on the team and it's playing a similar guard role, but I still think quickly is going to do similar to what he did last year, and it was almost enough. Just Malcolm Brogdon existed, so I think he can win it this year. All right, my number one, light the beam. I have Malik Monk. Uh, Harrison Barnes is going to end up starting because he always does. I think um, that starting lineup is going to be Fox, Herter, uh, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis, and then Malik Monk coming off of the bench. That's what he did last year, and I think they continue to do it. But what I really like about Malik Monk is his ability to take over games. Um, I mean, one night he can give you 12 points, the next he'll give you 50. Um, but I think he can get much more consistent after being in this offense for another offseason and an entire season. Uh, he plays off De'Aaron Fox extremely well. They added to the bench uh, with Sasha Vizenkov, uh, the EuroLeague MVP. Um, so I think Malik Monk has all the ability to do it. He's a phenomenal scorer. He's an underrated playmaker. He'll dunk on you. Uh, so just because of how electric he is and how he could take games over, I'm going to go Malik Monk. Now we move into the top three, everyone's favorite, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and then the almighty MVP. Of course, let's start off with Rookie of the Year with Nick. Who is an honorable mention of Okay, um, an honorable mention I have is Jarese Walker. Um, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, uh, Cam Whitmore. Um, he's the one that. on the Rockets, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I have him. I just think that he'll be really good. He was drafted really late, and he'll probably come off the bench. He's supposed to be like a top he was like a steal six the draft. pick, yeah. but he followed like the late 20s. But I think he is a, a pretty good honorable mention. He'll average probably like 11, a couple mm-hmm. steals. You know, he's, he's really good. He can play the three and the four, so I think he'll be, he'll be really good this season. Y'all are going to hate my honorable mention, and I love this man, but the top three... I think they're going to come into the league and be more impactful right away. I have Brandon Miller as an honorable okay, mention. That's fine. He, wasn't, I think, he wasn't in my honorable mention or my top three. Wow, okay. Because I think he's going to have to earn his spot with Gordon Hayward there still get making a lot of money. Because, I, I mean, I'm one to believe that if you're paying someone $30 million, you're going to play him. You're not just going to let him sit there. So he's going to play. Miles Bridges comes back. He's still got P.J. Washington. Brandon Miller, I think, is going to earn his role throughout the year, and he'll have a fantastic finish to the year. But, start off but as winning, yeah, when it comes to Rookie of the Year, being good the entire year and winning the award, I just don't see it happening. All right. My honorable mentions are Cam Whitmore. Uh, he's just such a good perimeter defender as a rookie, and he can get it done on the inside as well. Brandon Miller, because he's awesome. Roll Tide. And then real quick shout-out, Sasha Vazenkov, the 26-year-old EuroLeague MVP rookie. Six-foot-nine, stretch four. He's going to be utilized the exact same way Keegan Murray was last year, so i got to give him some shout-out. Okay. Uh, third place, I have. Okay, yeah, I have Chet Holmgren. That's yeah. I was debating if I wanted to put him in here or not, just because like I, I'm not a big believer in you know if you got drafted, it's your draft class because it's not. But I mean, regardless, he could be in the running for the award. He will be in the running for the award. But I don't see him outperforming the two guys I have ahead of him. And I also do not have Weminyama ahead of him. I will say that. Whoa. Okay. I don't even have Chet Hunger on here. Not because I don't think he could win it. I disagree with Nick. It's like I want to give it to someone who's actually a rookie. 
it's not it's not his fault he got hurt. You know, he tore his Achilles, he got hurt, missed all last year. But I want to give it to an actual rookie. Third place, I have Jarris Walker. Coming in post-draft lottery, there was a lot of perfect places for a few players. But the most perfect one in my eyes was Jarris Walker to the Pacers. He fits perfectly into that grit and grind Hoosier country basketball in Indiana. He's exactly what they need. Someone who's going to give you 10 boards, give you 10 points, and punch someone in the mouth in the palace. Jarris Walker brings that energy and that aggression to pair up with Halliburton, B-Math, Miles Turner down low. I love it for him, and hopefully he can bring what he did in college to the NBA, and I think he will. So Jarris Walker's three for me. All right, my number three is going to be Chet Holmgren of the OKC Thunder. Again, he had a phenomenal night last night, 16 minutes, 21 points, 9 rebounds. I think he has all the facilities to do it. And I'm not, I mean, I don't think the NBA is afraid to give the Rookie of the Year award to a sophomore. They did ben it to Simmons. Ben Simmons. So I don't think they'd be afraid to do it I'm to not, Chet. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm feeling the same way. So I don't think they would be afraid to give it to Holmgren. It's just the other two guys, they're, they're very, very good. I think Chet Holmgren can be a very good NBA player. But, I mean, put him in the paint with Joel Embiid, I'm not sure how he's going to fare. So... Uh, that's why I got Holmgren at three. Okay. Uh, number two, I have Asura Thompson. Um, I wow. think that would be really good because, you know, I don't know what they'll do with Bogdanovich. Um, if, regardless, I know that Asura Thompson, I'm talking about the one that's on Detroit, the one that, you know, isn't the, yeah. the highly regarded, mm-hmm. the, the one that's like, you know, not well as well known. I think that he'll, he's going to play like really good. I think that he's, everything that they were missing, he's a really good defender, really good shooter. I think that, you know, overall, they'll be a, a decent team in the Eastern Conference, and I think that he'll be a big part of that. I mean, he takes over the role that they lost with trading away Sadiq Bey, that yeah. small forward mm-hmm. role. Obviously, Sadiq Bey is more well-built, but a similar similar position there. My number two is Victor Webanyama, and based off where we're going, I don't even think Nick Nick has Victor Webanyama in his honorable mentions. Do you? Yeah. Or his thing. Do you have him at two? No. Uh, Nick doesn't even have him on his list because I know who his one is. I'm not going to burn your thunder. But based off where we're going, he doesn't even have him. And I want to hear why. But we'll get to mine first. Victor Obanyama at two. I think I'm not one to be on the hype train like Jamie, who's who had the shirt of Met 92 since I think since I knew him last year. He's had the Victor Obanyama shirt. I got it when he viewed my Instagram story, but the washer kind of destroyed it and it's a little faded. Yeah, but it's okay. We've had he's had that Met 92, his France team forever. Point being, I think he's going to be amazing. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's going to take some time for him. No matter how well he played last night, it's going to take some time for him to adjust to the NBA game. When he's banging with Jason Tatum, LeBron, granted, Jokic, all these big guys, Embiid, power forward, small forward to centers, all those bigger guys in the league, yes, he'll block you every single time, but I think he'll get pushed out of the way a majority of the time as well. He needs to grow into himself like Giannis did, and Giannis did it well, and I think Victor Obanyama can do it also. And I think he'll be right there for Rookie of the Year because his skills are there. I mean, look, I can't you know, lie and say I didn't see last night. I brought it up. But I think someone is going to fit into his role a lot better and be that number one, and I'll get to that next. All right, my number two is going to be, first, really quick, uh, imagine Victor Webanyama with the build of Giannis. That'd I mean, be crazy. He could, eventually, that's probably yeah. his plan. I mean, Giannis came into the league like Webanyama, so. Could you imagine? That'd be crazy. But my number two is going to be Scoot Anderson. Uh, again, he's baby Russ. He does it all on the court. He's a phenomenal facilitator. He's going to get his rebounds. He attacks the paint extremely well. He's an underrated shooter. He was a very, very good play, uh, player in the G League last year. So I just don't think there's a reason why he can't be in that top three, maybe even number one, uh, if I'm wrong about Victor Webanyama. Um, he can easily be the rookie of the year. 
but he has it all. He's built like a truck, too. So he's going to attack the paint very, very well. He's going to dunk on you. Uh, so I really like Scoot Henderson. But, I mean, i got to give the edge to my guy. We'll talk about it in a sec. Okay. Before you go, Nick, I need we, need we need two things from you. One, who's your rookie of the year? And two, why is it why is Victor Obanyama not even an honorable mention? Uh, well, let's start off with who you easily got. Scoot Henderson. Okay. Okay. He's the most talented that we've seen in the last two draft classes, if you ask me. Um, and then I'll go. To, I'll get on with the the Wemby thing. I think he'll be really good, but I just think other than these four guys that I have ahead of him, they're gonna they're going to have a much bigger role on their teams, especially Scoot Henderson. He might go out there and average twenty two points per game. Um, you know. But as far as Wemby goes, it's going to be weird with him playing against guys like Jokic, Embiid, uh, Giannis. Because those type of guys are going to attack them. Even smaller point guards like a Russell Westbrook, like Scoot Henderson, like, Bigger point guard, like John Moran. I didn't mean to say smaller. Yeah, uh, They're going to attack him really easy because he's not going to be able to keep up with those guys. He's not going to be able to keep up with LeBron. He's not going to be able to keep up with all those players. His wingspan, though, he can block. I mean, but he's not... Especially like John Morant and Scoot, he's not he's not catching them at all. They're, they're going to run wingspan, right past them. But he can, and Anthony Edwards, I, I, it's gonna the first time they play them, we'll be seeing a poster on Wemby. So I will say these young guys, these young high flyers are gonna try to poster him. That'll all be fun. Time, That'll yeah. be fun. Shaden Sharp. That'll be fun. I mean, he's gonna get dunked on a lot. John Morant. So, uh, but I just think that he'll struggle the first thirty games of the season. Maybe average like nine on a horrific. Shooting. I mean, last night he did well. But, I know it's pretty. But that's against Chet, Chet Holmgren, who I also think will struggle a lot. But yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean I like your reasoning there, valid. But number one, I gotta go with Scoot. I think just like Nick said, he is one of the best up and coming rookies we've seen in the last few years. And on top of that, he dominated at the pro level. He played in the G League. He didn't just play like in college, which is obviously great. He didn't just play overseas, which is obviously great. That's also a pro level. He played in an NBA system with G League Ignite, playing against, yes, maybe not the top of the top NBA players, but NBA players in the G League, and that's a great experience. And we've it's already worked. We, I mean, Jalen Green, no, hasn't been a superstar, but he's averaged 20-plus points per game in his career. He's a grown player. Kuminga, still growing, but he's proved that he's a very good NBA player. It's works. The G League works, and I think Scoot Henderson is going to be the epitome that it works, and I think he's going to come into the league. Now having DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Simons, the list goes on. That team could be really freaking good, and I didn't think of that before they made these trades to get rid of Damian Lillard, but he has so many assets to assist to and in so many ways to distribute the ball and then get open and create shots for himself and others I think he's going to be amazing just like he was in the G League all right, my number one, I have Victor Webanyama. Uh, I think it's extremely interchangeable between him and Scoot Henderson. I'm not saying Webanyama's miles ahead better than Scoot because I don't think he is, but I really like Webanyama and how he's going to come into the league. He already has a prominent starting position as that power forward sitting next to Zach Collins, who I think will help will benefit him. Uh, but I, I really like what he brings to the table. He's a phenomenal shooter, and he doesn't have to play on the inside. He's a stretch guy. He can shoot. He can uh, he can drive to the basket. He showed it yesterday. Uh, he has a he handles the ball like a guard. He had that scoop layup that everybody saw on Instagram, and I think that really benefits him well. Um, so I think because of how Wembenyama plays, uh, being a seven foot four guard, I think that's going to benefit him because he doesn't have to play like a, the traditional big man. And when I think an underrated part of his game is his off-ball defense. He showed that yesterday. Uh, there was a possession where um, before that fast break dunk he had, he. 
uh, contested somebody on the inside. That shooter kicked it out. He contested that shot on the outside, nearly blocked it, and it hit the side of the backboard. And then they got another offensive rebound, and Webanyama stole the ball and ran out and got the fast break dunk. So I think his defense, not just on the per on the interior, but on the perimeter, is extremely underrated as well. So I think Webanyama brings it all to the table, and I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Okay, so we're doing Depoy now. Now, yes, now we get into Depoy. Last year it was Triple J of the Memphis Grizzlies. A bit of a surprise to some. Didn't think he played enough games. That's why they made the new rule this year. You got to play like 65 games to get the award. So take that into consideration. Nick, what is an honorable mention for I'm Marcus Smart because he'll play a lot of minutes. He's going to be the starting point guard for, you know, 20, 20 games, and he'll – I don't know what they're going to do. I guess Six they'll man. run small ball. I mean, I guess Derrick Rose just kind of fades away after that. But, he becomes, uh, becomes the leader. Yeah. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, Marcus Smart, they could definitely play him at the three. You know, he can guard the one through three. But, uh, yeah, that's my honorable mention. My honorable mention will be Giannis. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he could always be in the top three. He probably will. And he always could be an honorable mention. I just don't think he's going to win it this year. All right. I have Giannis and Derek White. I think Derek White's an extremely underrated All defender. All-NBA second team last year. And defense, I think he could take a step up as well. I just don't know with Drew Holiday now in the equation if he's going to be guarding the best player yeah, now. Yeah, I'll get into Holiday in a sec. Oh, oh I, I like it. All right. So Celtics Day. All right, Nick, who's your three? I have Drew Holiday. Really? Um, I always have loved Drew Holiday. Uh, I think that It's just so hard for a guard to win it. Well, I mean, Marcus Smart Marcus might have, broke, just did it might, Boston, might have so. broke that that I know, but thing. Gary stigma Payton, like 30 years before, 20 yeah, years yeah, before but, that. But the, the point guards are way better at defense now anyways. I think, like, th there was multiple years, you know, in the last decade that point guards could have won it. You know, Chris Paul, I mean, I don't know. No. Yeah, he doesn't no, want to give I'll take that back. Definitely not. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. But, uh, you know, Drew Holiday, though. Tony Allen. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot, Jamie, while we were doing the normal order. All right, my number three is Nick Claxton. He, last year, he was actually, I was looking at, like, the voting. He was, like, in the back end of the top five. Obviously, I don't think he wasn't in the top three, but he, I think he was around four or five in voting. And I think this year he can make the jump up to three. Not only will he be on, I think, I think a much improved team, but a fantastic defensive team with Mikel Bridges, also a fantastic defender. Ben Simmons, who if he comes back into form, he another was great last he night. He was playing pretty well. Another fantastic defender. Cam Johnson, another a team full of three possible. Yeah, three and D. If well, Ben Simmons ain't besides three and D. him, yeah, yeah, but possible could be all NBA defenders. And I think Claxton last year proved he could be an all NBA defender. And this year, coming into this season, he made a statement like, people forgot how good I can be because he was kind of on a subpar team. I think he said something after Kyrie and KD left, people forgot how good I am. And I think he's going to prove and take another level up defensively and become really good. And I think he could win it, but i got to put him at three. What were you going to say? Uh, I mean, I love Nick Claxton. He's from like 15 minutes from where I'm from, so... All right, my number three is going to be Drew Holiday of the Boston Celtics because I think he is one of, if not the best perimeter defenders that we've seen in the NBA. Um, he just moves to Boston. He's going to get way more recognition for his talents. Marcus Smart just won uh, Dep Defensive Player of the Year two years ago as a Boston Celtic, and I think he's going to bring a lot more to the table. What? Uh, I think he's going to bring a lot more to the table. Um, he's just extremely good at what he does. He gets the recognition from everybody. He locks down Damian Lillard. That's what he's known for. He's done it since his days in New Orleans. He's done it since his days in Philly, honestly. Drew Holiday's a phenomenal defender, and I think he's going to get it done with those pieces alongside him. Um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis. Derek White, yeah. Porzingis. So I think Drew Holiday has all the tools to get it done, um, but I've got him at three. Okay. Number two, I have Evan Mobley. Um, you know, it was kind of... 
I mean, I feel like he could definitely win it. I would, if any, if I had to pick like my personal favorite person to win it, like who I would want to win it, it'd be Evan Mobley. But I think realistically, it just doesn't happen this season, unless Jarrett Allen gets moved and they go for more of a, a floor spacer at power forward. Then I could see it potentially happening, but I just don't see it happening this season. He's still like 21 years old. So my 2023-24 season, Depoy in second place is Triple J. Won the award last year. He could win it again this year. I just think, and Nick may or may not have just said his name, I think someone else could take a major step up who was also top three in voting last year. I'll, I'll say it when we get to it. But my top two are interchangeable. That's why I don't have too much to say on it. But Triple J won it last year. Well, your face just exploded. I just saw something on his on his list oh, okay. that I really like. Okay. Tri- Triple, J, Triple J won it last year. And I feel like it's one of those awards that, like, Giannis, for the rest of his career, he'll be in conversations. I think Triple J, now that he won it for the rest of his career, he'll be in conversations for that, for that reason. And he's obviously a great defender. I got him in, too. All right. My number two is going to be... In my eyes, the most underrated player in the NBA, and that is Jaden McDaniels. That's of, like the best take you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Jaden McDaniels of the Minnesota Timberwolves. At two? At two. I think he's he's in that starting role now, and what I saw from him in the preseason, he's taken a huge jump. He was packing dudes up. He was stealing the ball from people. And he's I, playing small forward. He's playing small 10. forward yeah. at six foot ten. Yeah. He is an he's a force to be reckoned with on defense. I honest to God think he can win Defensive Player of the Year this year, um, but I think. Uh, it, it really depends on how the Minnesota Timberwolves perform as a team. If they're a successful organization, um, I think it will fall on that and how Rudy Gobert performs, if he can help him out too. But he's such an off-ball pest. He, it's extremely hard to score on him when you have the ball, but when you get inside, he's going to pack you up. He's going to steal the ball. He does what he wants on defense. Um, he hurt himself last year when he punched that wall, so hopefully – uh, that doesn't affect that's him right. too much. Yeah, that's right. Well, because that'll be the first seat. So yeah, yeah, yeah exa- 100%. Uh, Jade McDaniels, though, really love him. One of my favorite players in the NBA, and I think he has a real shot at Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. And who's the deep boy? I saw who you had. We had the same person. Okay. Jaron. Jaron so, Jackson, yeah. Jr. I almost changed to Evan Mobley, but I, I I'm going to stick with Jaron. Yeah. I just think that he'll have to play a lot of games this season. 100%. And, and he'll maybe even average like three blocks a game. And he's going to be really efficient as far as on defense, have a really high defensive rating, and maybe they'll even play some small ball and run him at mm-hmm. center, which I think they should do. But. Yeah, and I'm feeling like um, with Derrick Rose, he's going to be starting and he's going get, to be getting a lot more minutes uh, with John Moran gone. I could see people trying to, you know, Joakim Noah, yeah, I know you're about to say that. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm trying to say people are going to try and attack Derrick Rose uh, defensively and trying to oh, drive he inside. He'll probably come off the bench. You think I'm just saying start? he's. I'm saying he's going to play more minutes, and I think that's going to give oh. Jaron more opportunities oh, okay. to okay. block yeah, the ball yeah, when yeah. people are trying to drive on Derrick Rose. Yeah. So I think uh, the John Morant suspension will help out uh, defensively for Jaron Jackson Jr. Stat-wise, um, he really does it all. At six foot eleven, has an extremely huge wingspan. He blocks everything in his vicinity. Uh, it was really cool to see him win it last year, and I think he could definitely do it again this yeah. year. I think. Do you think Derrick Rose is like a huge liability on defense? <laughs> that that? He might be. Yeah. He, he's he, just because how old he is yeah. now, he could be. So my winner of Depoy, and again, it's interchangeable tr- between Triple J and Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley was top three in voting last year, and I think coming into his junior year, his third year in the NBA, he got his rookie year, looked good. Last year looked good. This year, I think he's going to take a major step up, and I think he could actually win Defensive Player of the Year, being on what I think could be a top four, top three seed in the Eastern Conference like they were last year. And he's got all the intangibles defensively to get it. He averaged almost two blocks per game last year. 
I think he could get to two blocks, if not a little bit more, this year, just like Triple J did. And again, it's interchangeable, so I don't have a super strong argument for Triple J. I don't have a super strong argument for Evan Mobley. It's just Triple J won it last year, and I think Evan Mobley could do it this year. Mm -hmm. So now we get into the biggest award of them all, the most valuable player, the MVP. Nick, what is one, or if you got more, whatever, honorable mentions for MVP for the 23-24 NBA season? I only have one honorable mention, and it's um, Nikola Jokic. So, um, you know, no wow. explanation. I have one honorable mention as well, and it's Giannis. A lot like Defensive Player of the Year, he's an honorable mention, if not top three, every single year, and I got to do it again. All right, I have three honorable mentions, and wow. they are going to be Anthony Edwards. Uh, been talking about him the entire time. Uh, <laughs> not, not Russell Westbrook. Uh, Alex Holds Your Pants, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, I think he could take Woo! a big, a big, a big jump this year with how improved the team is. But I think my sleeper MVP this year for, I mean, who can who can definitely be in contention, but he's got to stay healthy. Is Zion Williamson? I thought you were gonna say like uh, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, yeah. He started that's smiling. A, that's a great take. No, I think Zion Williamson has a real he shot at MVP. He he's got to play 65 he has to plus play. games though. That's yeah. the only catch. That's why I don't have many higher. He's you know, the NBA he has had to play. ranked as the 58th best player. That's insane. That's yeah, insane. He, he was averaging he was averaging 26 a game as a rookie. I think there's they have no shot. Fire, honestly. Yeah. So Zion might be the most dominant NBA player who does who just never doesn't play. But when he's on the people forget how good he is. He dominates the. Popeyes. Yeah. So uh, I think how he might need to just leave New Orleans. Yeah. I, I think he, he has a real shot at MVP if he stays healthy. So that's yeah. why I don't got him there. All right. Third place. All right. At the third spot, I have Jason Tatum. Um, you know, I think that he could easily win the MVP award, you know, but I think that people will kind of just discredit the fact that they are, like, going to be the one seed and kind of be like, well, yeah, he's most valuable, but if you replace him with, I don't know, Jaden McDaniels or something, they'd be – not too much worse with this core that they already have surrounded them with Jalen uh, Brown as the number one option. You know, they'd probably be like the three seed or something. But, um, you know, I, I think he'll always be in this conversation. He'll win one within the next three, four years. So, Third spot for me, SGA. Mm -hmm. Shea Goodges Alexander. A lot like the same points I made for their head coach, Mark Diagno. No, they will not be the best team in the Western Conference. They'll be outside the play-in, you know, the sixth, fifth, maybe even fourth seed. But if you're winning 45, 48 games, completely turning over post-Westbrook era and creating what they have now, and SGA is averaging still 30 points per game, let's just say around 10 assists, whatever he wants to do rebounds-wise, that's enough to win MVP in my eyes. And I think he'll be top three. He was close to being top three last year. If he was, I mean, he might even have been. I don't think he was. Yeah, I know he was close. But he would definitely be top three this year. He's going to do the same thing he did last year and be a little bit better and be a better team. There's no question he's going to be close to getting it, if not get it. All right, my number three is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's, one of the, he's been one of the one or two best players in the NBA for a good, like, five years now. And I don't see a reason why he would stay out of that top three conversation. He's just so dominant, and I think he'll be able to play off Damian Lillard very well. That pick-and-roll situation is going to be lethal. Uh he just does it all on the court, defensively, offensively. There is no stopping Giannis. He's still got it going. Uh, is he 30 years old now? He's 29. He's 29. So, I mean, he's still still young in basketball terms. So, he's got a lot left in the tank, and I still think he has a lot left to prove. Um, so, I got Giannis at my three. Okay. Uh, number two, I have Luka. Um, 
you know, he could easily. There's no way you got. Uh, oh, you'll you'll see who I got, <laughs> and you know who it is. Um, I do. Russ? Luca, no, uh, Luca's always, you know, always should be here. He always has a what's it called a reason for being a here. Case. But but here's my thing: is that they're not going to be a very good team. This I agree. Season. They're going to be a playing team. They'll they'll be a. I can see them being the tenth seed. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have a center once again. Um, you know, I, they should have just kept Chris Dobbs. I don't. I don't really. The management's just awful. I don't think you know? want to be there. Yeah, but I mean, you should have just traded. I mean, for he also center. didn't play a time. You no, know, I don't. I don't. It just doesn't make much sense. The team is really bad. You you chose to sign the most toxic player in NBA history, and you know, keep a guy that's going to play thirty games and then request a trade to some outlandish team. So, yeah. So you go to Siberia. Yeah. Moving on to number two, Jason Tatum. Not only could they be, probably should be, the best team in the league, not just the Eastern Conference, he's going to be the leader of that, still averaging 30-plus points per game like he did last year. But this year, he'll be on the best team in the league. And sometimes, I know like you both kind of said, like it doesn't always go to the best team and the best player. That's why I have SGA on here. Because usually you give it to a team like last year, Philly. What was it, the second or third seed? Yeah, three. Three. So you give it to Embiid because he you know, really carried them to get there. That's usually how it goes. But if you're the best team by far, you got to give it also to the best player who's leading the pack. And I think Jason Tatum could be a very good argument to get it this year. All right, my number two, Nikola Jokic. Uh, he takes basketball as a part-time job. He just doesn't like it. Um, but it, there's no doubt he's one of the top players in the world. He Without trying. Yeah, he doesn't even try, really. It's, he, he plays like he just doesn't want to be there. Um, but, he, again, he's going to be a double-double, triple-double machine. There is no stopping Jokic. One of the best passers in the NBA as a six foot eleven big boy. He scores. He could shoot. He's he going to shoot over you. He has, no, no, oh, yeah. He, he's going to score. He's going to get 82 triple-doubles this year. Um, he has a funky jump shot, so you can't block it because he shoots so high. Um, Jokic, there is just no stopping him. They have a lot of pieces on that team that are, that are going to help those assist totals. So I don't have him at one because – I mean, <laughs> I have an odd argument for my guy at one, but I'm going to get Jokic at my two. Okay. Uh, before I get into you who guys I have both an MVP. got odd ones at one then, huh? Whoever I have an MVP, the MVP thing, I'm not going to say that first. What I want to say first is about the Jokic triple-double thing. He's going to retire when he's like 33. <laughs> yeah, so he's not going to want to play. He's not going to be breaking that. He has horses to race. Yeah, exactly. But number one, it's like the hottest It's the hottest take of you've ever got the year and it's Anthony Edwards um you know I think that they'll be a top three seed this season and if they are top three seed he's averaging 29 points per game there's no shot that he won't be the MVP so I need some more explanation okay it's very Uh, hot you know he's also a great playmaker great defender great rebounder he's going to be the the face of the league in two years he's 22 years old um you know there's only room to improve and the way that he played um the way that he played for Team USA this offseason, it just kind of showed how good he's going to be with having... He came off the bench. Even, yeah, but he, yeah was, but he took games over. Yeah, he was the best player on the team. Off it the wasn't, bench. It wasn't close at all. I mean, so, I, yeah. All right. I want to hear Jamie's just because you said it was obscure. It's not really obscure. It's Luka Doncic, but I think uh, there's a lot of contributors that go into him winning MVP because I think 
quite possibly he could be the most talented player on the planet. Um, it's just the team's not good. Is, that's exactly what it is. I think if he is going to win MVP, we have to see a big jump from Jaden Hardy, who I honestly forgot to mention in my sixth man of the year. Um, yeah, me too, man. Me too, I forgot man. about I'm him. to be honest. Yeah, I forgot about him in my sixth man of the year, so I think he needs to take a big jump. The rookie's got to show out, and he needs to match with Kyrie Irving. Um, I mean, now they were kind of just thrown with each other after a half of a season, and now they have a full off season to try and get. With no uh, center, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, 6'6", power forward. Yeah. It's going to be so. really really some great basketball. I'm just saying, it's Alex. going to be tough, and I think Luka has to be able to carry, but I think he has all the ability to carry. Um, so I'm going to go Luka as my MVP. It's going to be tough. There's a lot of things that are going to have to go into it, but I think it could definitely happen. After you saying that thing about Jaden Hardy, I completely forgot about him as well. Mm-hmm. I definitely would throw him in as an honorable mention, and as the season goes on, hopefully he can move into my top three. But my bad, Jaden. I should have been talking, very good I've been talking highly of him as well, and I completely forgot to put him in there. My MVP... Should have won it last year after all the hate I've given to him, Nikola Jokic. I remember sitting on this podcast last year with Nick. We were hating on Jokic, agreeing on it, saying Embiid's better by far. He deserves to win it. We all said that, yeah. Uh, maybe we all did, but I remember Nick for sure because, you know, he's the was Sixers fan. You got to get that sticker off. Oh, I already ripped one of them off. Yeah, you got so another one to go. Yep. But my case for Jokic is he has proved that he is the best player in the NBA. There was questions. Can the Nuggets win the playoffs? So they're just a regular season team. Uh, that was squashed. They won the damn finals, and he was the leader by far. It wasn't like a question, you know, maybe is Jalen Brown, is Jason T- No, this, this is not that situation. This is Jamal Murray is second, but it's a big drop-off after that to Jamal Murray. Jokic is the best player in the world, best player in the league, and I think he didn't win his three in a row, but I think he could start a new reign and win it this year. Even if they're the second seed in the West, he's an average like 27, 10, 10 and 9. nine. Yeah. Maybe not triple double, he's me damn near close. Mm-hmm. And doing that every single year is enough to win MVP because that's just who he is. Yep. So I got him at two, but I think I got to give a slight edge to Luca. Um, so that's all we have for you guys this week. Thank you all for tuning in to WVUA 90.7 FM and the Full Court Press Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at FCP Podcast underscore UA. See y'all next week. Peace. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.